Hello and welcome to Leave Your Head at the Door podcast. This is your host, Mari, and I like to think of this podcast as a late night phone call. With that being said, I'd like to welcome you to mid-Aquarius season. Um, It's too cold for me out here, and Capricorn season was extremely challenging because I definitely felt the straps of the Saturn rings, and I feel that way as well in Aquarius season, but I feel like the straps are looser, but the belt is still there, and I don't really like wearing belts. (laughs) Um, Around this time of year, I like to listen to kind of summary jams and watch movies about summertime, like Dazed and Confused. Uh, And I like to just pretend for a moment that it's not winter. But during the summer, I'll watch something like Nightmare Before Christmas and wish that it was cold. So I don't know if anyone else does that. I definitely do that. And I would like to read you a poem from this zine called The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly by Annie McLaughlin. I think this, this, the zine from this exhibition was held here in Portland in December 2015. Um, My friend gave me this zine before he moved out. He was just kind of giving some stuff away, some works of art and postcards and this zine. This poem makes me feel like I'm this menopausal, menocore woman reflecting on beachy summer days in the West Coast, wearing a turquoise necklace and maybe like some turquoise beads and my gray hair billowing in the wind and my flip-flops clacking as I walk across a sandy plain and drink a Corona with two limes in it. So if you want to go on this journey with me, let's listen to this poem together as I read it out loud. Here we go. An authentic life is genuine. It is true. It is real. It is pure. It is honest. It is often solitary, but does not have to be. It is poetic. It is wise. It is a myth. It is a hand-woven striped serap on a sun-baked terracotta patio. It is the cowboy complete with Stetson spurs and broken bronco. It is the shepherd traversing the turf with staff and sheep. It is the humble potter who finds purpose and joy in nothing more than throwing earthenware vessel after earthenware vessel. It is purpose. It is joy. It is a thunder egg and a tumbleweed, a neon motel sign, a howling coyote, and a hot spring. 
It is a house made of mud. That house is a home. That home is Arcadia. It is hundreds of acres of a sagebrush plain adjacent to a snow-capped mountain range. There are bison on that plain. It is a feathered war bonnet in an avocado grove. Slab city in madrone trees. It is Hunter S. Thompson in warmth. A panoramic view in the gold-flecked banks of the Sacramento River. The long walk of the Navajo and the Pacific Crest Trail. A calloused palm in the summer solstice. It is the secret taqueria near your house that you only tell your close friends about. It is Bugsy Siegel and Georgia O'Keeffe and Sam Maloof and Ishi. Yellowstone National Park and Credence Clearwater Revival. A nudist colony. An Edward Curtis photograph. It is Mexican Coke and palm trees in the part in Blazing Saddles when Gene Wilder asks what a dazzling urbanite like you is doing in a rustic setting like this. It is Robert Smithson in Joshua Tree. It is a nuclear test site. It is a Donner Party and a Woody Guthrie anthem. The Hells Angels at Altamont and Albert Bierstadt. It is a place both beautiful and unforgiving. It is a homestead. It is an earthship. It is a mesa. It is a sunset. It is big. Thanks for listening to that poem with me, guys. I'm just kind of thinking about telling you guys um, about my skincare routine, what kind of makeup I use, if you care to know, and what kind of perfumes I like. I use Fenty beauty foundation a few dabs of that blended in with my beauty blender um I need a new one but it's not at the top of my priority list because I also really need the Anastasia dip brow I'm running low because I've had the same one for two years them johns last a long time highly recommend if you've seen my eyebrows before you know they look good uh and it's all thanks to the anastasia dip brow and you just buy an angled brush the person helping you at sephora can help you find one because that's kind of how i found the appropriate brush they usually sway you away from spending the money on the anastasia brand angled brush that you are supposed to use with the dip brow, but they say, hey, our brand has its own dupe. It's like $10 cheaper, does the work, does the job. They're right, it does. And you save a little bit of money. Also love to accrue those beauty points. So I've got to make a trip over to Sephora soon. Um, I like to use the Stila brand eyeliner. It's like li a liquid eyeliner pen. I've been really loyal to this eyeliner for, mm, I want to say, five years. 
yeah, five years-ish. When it comes to mascara, things get a little complex. I think that is the most complex part of my makeup routine because I use so many different mascaras and I don't think I should. But I do. I like to use the Voluminous Superstar X Fiber. Um, I think this is L'Oreal. Yeah. It's really, it's pretty good. It just kind of just kind of preps your eyelashes to be mascaraed and then you mascara it and it's gorgeous but I like to be adventurous and complicated and not stick to that even though it's doing such a great job on top of it I will put on the the Dior mascara in the color 060 I've had this for a while and I'm kind of running low so I'll Put on maybe one coat of that, and sometimes I just use the Maybelline Lash Sensational Mascara. Um, I used to be super loyal to this. I used to be obsessed with it, and then I took a break and came back, and all of a sudden, it's just really gloppy and weird and doesn't doesn't wear right. Um, I'm a little bit confused and shocked and upset, but... I guess I have to get over it. For lips, I really like to use the Revlon Matte Lip Gloss. Um, and I get kind of like mauve -y colors. I'll get pinks and reds. It's not my favorite red because it's too dry. And a dry red lip um, doesn't really do it for me. Like the matte red lip look is cute. And I'm all about it if it has, like, kind of a dark tone to it. But when it's sort of a fire engine red color and it's dry, it's just really not a cute look, in my opinion. But when you do that with sort of, like, mauve -y, peachy colors, I think it's okay to look a little matte. I don't know about peachy, but, uh, like, a mauve color for sure you can get away with being like looking a little dusty um in my opinion i've been experimenting with glosses the only thing about a gloss that pisses me off is that it just runs out really easily like the tube just goes empty i personally have very pillowy lips and so i have to use a lot of gloss to get a job done and go for the look that i'm going for um, I guess some of you don't have that problem, but like I do. So glosses are kind of disappointing in that way. And I just, I move my mouth a lot. I, I, I drink things and the gloss just comes off pretty easily. So I have to go back to like the matte mauve kind of look because that's a more long lasting thing. When it comes to washing my makeup off and doing like the care ritual. I have a few things that I like to use on rotation. I have this, I guess, Origins brand black charcoal mask that I honestly started using recently. I've had it in my 
drawer and just kind of forgot about it. It's okay. Um, it's really, really dark. When I put it on my face and I'm really stoned and I look in the mirror, I legit scare myself. Like, with a sheet mask or, like, a white clay mask, like, it's not as alarming. But for some reason, a charcoal one is, like, scary. Like, I just don't. Like, I have to stay away from a mirror if I'm using the charcoal mask. I don't really know if I like it. I don't really know if it's impressed me enough for it to, like, keep around. Because I have other powdery face masks that do such a great job of exfoliating my skin. And I don't feel like I want to be scared of myself, I guess. So I have to ruminate on that a little bit. In the shower, though... I like to use this Biore face wash. I really love that brand. The face wash that I use personally, my mom gave to me and she got it at a drugstore in Japan. I'm sure if you tried to buy it on eBay, it might be a little expensive. So I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I'm only using it because my mom gave it to me. But I'm sure you could find like an American Biore brand that does the job but if not I really like using the Burt's Bees exfoliating scrub it's amazing like it just gets all the dead skin off your face also shout out my tailor my roommate Taylor um he got me the sea salt scrub for Christmas and I'm obsessed with exfoliating my body with that it's great when I'm done washing my face I like to use this, I think the brand is called Dermatologica brand. Um, They call it like clear water gel or something. It's like a water gel. It's just super, super, super moisturizing and like clear because I don't really like using like white moisturizers, like lotion. I don't know. I'm weird about it. I need my moisturizer to be completely clear. I have such, I'm so weird about just like white white cream it weirds me out it usually smells weird not a fan but clear moisturizers are the shit I also really like to use um this like vitamin b serum facial serum it doesn't smell amazing because it's called no scent and usually no scent means this smells like plastic but I'm gonna call it no scent but it smells like plastic Um, I have to kind of get over that because it does the job. It's super moisturizing. All good. Argan oil is my favorite thing in the world. I unfortunately don't have any right now and I'm kind of upset about it. Store-bought argan oil is fine, but it's just not the same as a Josie Marin argan oil, which I don't know why. Like, I don't know what else they're putting in that magic little bottle. But it's great. It smells amazing. I don't want to spend $15 to $20 on it. But I will say, like, if I had the excess funds or prioritized skincare in that way, I totally would invest in the Josie Marin Argan Oil. But store-bought is fine. So since we've gotten skincare and beauty care out of the way, we can talk about perfumes. The perfume that I'd like to review 
in this episode is Mew Mew Rosé. It is youthful, but timeless at the same time. It's got peppery notes, for sure. Makes me a little hungry, makes me want some pasta. Anytime I wear it, I just am prepared to go out on a date to a really nice restaurant. Um, one spritz is more than enough because it pushes some boundaries. That perfume, for sure, pushes some boundaries. Like, if I put on two coats of that perfume, I kind of smell like a funeral home. Yeah, like... I went comatose after eating a lot of pasta and they have to bury me because of it. So I'd be careful with that perfume. There are some, uh, uh, yeah, perfume is like a one spritz deal. Sometimes I spritz it directly on me. Sometimes I'll create a cloud and just kind of waft into it. Just kind of depends on my mood how awake I am, how high I am, how caffeinated I am. Uh, So you get a different version of me with the same perfume pretty much every day. I'll switch it up to Hermes and the citrus scent, but I will review that in another episode. So be on the lookout. My favorite perfume in the world, though, been so loyal to it, gotta take breaks, but it's my one and true and only love is the Chanel Chance perfume in Au Fresh. It's called Ch- Chanel Chance Au Fresh. My parents bought me a bottle for Christmas, um, but my bitch ass ex roommate stole it. And she also threw knives in the kitchen on my birthday. So special shout out, girl. What's good? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she stole my perfume. But this can snowball into a conversation about morphic residents, which is something I really want to talk about ever since it's been introduced to me at a party on Halloween. Um, some girl was talking about morphic residents, and I thought she meant morphic resonance because that makes sense. But when I Googled it, nothing showed up so it turned out to be morphic residence and it's basically the idea that if something happens in an environment uh it's like history repeats itself like the same thing keeps happening which is why people talk about like ghosts and paranormal activity it's just certain frequencies that exist within an environment and so that's why people chant uh, or burn incense or burn sage uh, to purify and cleanse the air. I'm sure we all know this, but it is worth talking about for those who don't know or don't think about it. Um, we also chant, like I like to chant, Nam me hyo renge kyo, to add notes and frequencies to the energy that already exists within a space. So in this house that I live in, roommates have a history of getting sexually intimate with one another and then it just goes south and 
it's just a sour situation because you're kind of stuck living in a home with one another and you just didn't mean for that to happen or it's just uh, an uncomfortable, uh, like suffocating situation. And this is just something we deal with in our adolescence. Not everyone deals with it, but it's not uncommon. There are cosmopolitan articles about it that I read in my personal time of need. Um, And for me personally, like I'm talking about it now because I've alluded to it in past episodes talking about I'm going through some shit and I'm not ready to talk about it because it really did feel like I was a fish in contaminated water. I feel like I had no control over the situation. Um, And also, I feel like unwelcome things were happening in my room because it's like happened before there was just so much history like when I moved in and the room still had her energy I would just uh hold on one second all right guys I'm back I'm sorry about that I have to respond to a text message and I'm recording on my phone shout out anchor app what's good this is where I record my podcast, the Anchor app. It's great. If you want to start a podcast, go on Anchor. Don't tell me about it because I'm a competitive Aries and I'm going to be like, this is my, this is like my territory, bro. Like you need to back the fuck off. So, I mean, I don't want to stop you from following your dreams. I feel like everyone should be allowed to do whatever they want. But if you're starting a podcast, don't tell me about it. I'm not going to listen to it until I feel secure enough in my own craft to support yours. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Yeah, so things, like, I guess events replicate themselves within a space. So that's why you can feel bad vibes upon entering a room or feel like it's haunted or if you're super sensitive in terms of, um, like, your psychic senses. We'll definitely have some visuals or auditions, depending on how... Uh, sensitive you are, uh, if you've built some boundaries when it comes to your, um, like, senses, like, you probably know how to block it out and do your thing, but eh, I'm just, you know, sometimes it depends. I'm really sensitive when I'm fucked up. Like, I could see two people falling in love or something if I'm, like, really fucked up and I'm in a social setting. I can just see it. It's kind of cool. Would would recommend doing that and watching that because it's great you can like see people melt into each other I know that's kind of psychedelic talk like I, I guess I'm more sensitive after having experimented with mushrooms and acid but yeah you know it is what it is oh my god okay like I want to talk about morphic residence a little more so I'm gonna do it but I also want to talk about the biggest lesson I've learned in 2018 and it's to always be transparent and clear and exist as a clear channel because when you pull a film over yourself makes it really easy for people to project onto you and you don't want that you don't want someone to project onto you because I do both. I get projected on and I project. 
I don't want to do that. I don't think it's the best quality that I have in myself, but I also realize it's kind of a natural part of who I am and how I cope with the world around me. So that's like, it's literally me pulling a blanket over myself and pulling a blanket over you too. Kind of makes me think of that quote. Maybe it's from Phoebe Bridgers or maybe she pulled this from a poem. I don't really know, but I've been seeing this on the internet. Uh, Doesn't she say like, the ghost is just a kid and a sheet? And that's how I feel all the time when I truly can't see someone for who they are and I want to just make up personalities in them, just like assume they have certain motives or are the way they are and all this shit. I mean, they're just kids in a sheet. It's just a person hiding from you or hiding from themselves, but we really don't want to hide from ourselves. We don't want to do that. We don't want to run away from our reflection because you've got to face it. You've got to face your shadow side. You've got to face the parts of yourself that you don't want people to see and you don't want to uh, acknowledge exists. Human nature, bro. You know what I'm saying? Um, so never be opaque, be transparent, be clear, but always have boundaries because when you're a little too clear, and I'm going to get into this in like a future segment, uh, but I'm alluding to that part of the conversation by sort of mentioning that when you're too clear of a channel and you throw everything out there to everyone that is willing to listen and you're not you're not existing as a clear channel because you're not letting them travel through you either. It's like you're just putting it all out there uh, for them to see and hear, but you're not welcoming their energy into you. You're just you're just putting it all out without um, properly exchanging. Like you are being an energetic vampire when you are a little too vulnerable, a little too open, a little too communicative. When you do that and you push those boundaries, certain people have to run away and hide and protect themselves. It's true. So don't be an energetic vampire. Don't don't make someone a receptacle for your pain. Because that's what Lady Gaga said in her five foot two documentary. She was like, I'm not a receptacle for like a man's pain. Because I went on a date with this guy and he manic pixie dream girled me on sight. On sight. He was like, oh my God, like I'm crazy about you already. Like he literally called me his dream girl. I was like, I don't know you. I'm just listening to you like open open your heart to me and I kind of didn't want to sign up for that because this is not a therapy session why are you doing this Ah, I'll get into it later I'll get into it later all I want to say is that you must be a clear channel it must be an energetic exchange 
that requires a lot of patience. And when you frame yourself and you hammer the nail into the weak plaster, yes, you frame yourself, you put yourself in this frame, you paint a picture for someone of you and your traumas and your life, and then you're like hammering that frame into the weak plaster that is them. And then it creates a crack that tears on the whole house because you are building that dynamic or that friendship on such a weak foundation. They don't deserve to know certain things about you. They haven't earned your trust. Why are you throwing it out? I promise, capital P promise, that you do not want to exist in their memory the way you're about to exist in their memory right now. Um, But hey, be vulnerable, be pure, it's great. Just have a little bit of boundaries, be a little curious about the other person, be, uh, gauge their reaction, be aware of how receptive they're being to the conversation. Because as harsh as it sounds, some people don't want to hear it and you're kind of bumming them out and you're probably re-traumatizing them. Mm, About to drink my Earl Grey tea at that one. Yum. I like to drink my Earl Grey kind of cold. I'll drink it while it's hot, but I'll wait a long time for it to cool down and I definitely add cream and sugar in it. And I love it. And that is my go-to. So we talked a little bit about morphic residence. We talked a little about being a kid in a sheet and being mistaken for a ghost. We've talked about boundaries, and now we're going to talk about Peter Pan syndrome a little bit. Upon listening to the last segment, thinking about running away from your shadow definitely made me think of Peter Pan and how didn't his shadow keep running away from him and Wendy had to sew his shadow onto his foot. That's kind of how I see people with Peter Pan syndrome Um, and they just never want to grow up and they don't want to face themselves and they don't want to, I guess, experience that part of human evolution where it's like you watch a bad movie about yourself. I mean, everyone kind of goes through that in life. It can be a routine thing. It can be every seven years, every five years, every two months, that existential dread. It's different for everyone. It's the same for everyone. Who knows? Let's discuss. Anyway, we we end up on the couch and we watch a bad movie about ourselves and our dreams. And in the process of that, we come face to face with our shadow side. And from there, we can be in cohorts with each other. We can be enemies you greeting your void like I discussed in the last episode face to face with your void 
face-to-face with your shadow, whatever it may be, part of human evolution is literally looking your shadow in the face and being like, dude, I can't fucking see you. Like, I can see you, but, um, like, I am me, you are me, I am you, you are you, like, going really meta about it, letting it exist with you, let, uh, live like coexisting with it if you will um that's the beauty of being an adult and growing up people love kids because they're so innocent and pure but they're also kind of assholes like they say some rude shit they're immature I mean I love kids they're pure it's kind of how I see Peter Pan syndrome they're like oh I didn't know I hurt you uh you know they're all kind of like that they're all kind of like haven't seen my shadow side yet, haven't watched that bad movie, I've seen that bad movie, kind of forgot about it, running away, forgetting about it, whatever. Maybe I'm oversimplifying something like Peter Pan syndrome, maybe I'm not reading enough Carl Jung, because isn't he the one that he specialized in the study of Peter Pan syndrome or something, haven't read enough about it, would love to, but maybe I'm oversimplifying it. Maybe I'm overcomplicating it. I don't know. I just hit a weed pen, so don't listen to me. Ugh. Yeah, I know I promised to be a little more specific about certain experiences I've had recently, so I'll just start by saying that I switched my Tinder preference to, like, late 30s and up, up until, like, 50, maybe, Um, and I've gone on a few dates, and the most recent one, he's the one that sort of manic pixie dream girled me on site and told me all these things. I didn't feel like I deserved to know about him, and I kind of run away from situations like that because... If I don't really know you and you tell me certain things about yourself that are maybe not the best moments in your life, like they they hurt or something, um, it just kind of invades my dreams and makes me feel like really emotional. Like uh, those SpongeBob memes where he's like plugging himself up with the with the quirks because he can't stop crying. That's just me. I'm such a sponge. I think people find it really easy to open up to me. And so they do. And so I know a lot of things. And they're locked in a vault. So maybe not all the time. Once again, receptacle for a man's pain. They they love projecting like... I mean, this guy didn't project. This other guy I went on a date with, he took me out for tea, um, which I should have said no to. I mean, he was hot, but tea, like, I'm hungry. Like, tea's cheaper than coffee. Like, I know he had a dinner date that day with a quote-unquote family member. None of my business. That's fine. But I feel like I would rather um, spend time with a guy who's willing to dedicate his evening to me I know that now, but that tea date was, like, my first real date in a really long time. I went through, like, a three-month celibacy spell and sort of um, 
closed in on myself and really focused on my mental and emotional well-being. So, hey, let's celebrate that. Felt ready to go back out there, met this Uber driver. She was so, I loved her so much. I actually need to respond to her on Instagram. Her name is Marjorie, and she was talking about how, like, I need to go on dates with older men and how they would just, like, kill to have, like, a young girl in their life, and I said, hey, why not? And it hasn't been all that bad. I actually find myself, like, growing attracted to one of them, like, we went out to eat, and his, he put his uh, readers on to read the menu, and I actually kind of got turned on by that, so new year, new me, am I right, guys? Also, Aquarius season, like, leaving my comfort zone, all very true, all very real, Um, but yeah, I went on a date with this guy, Jonathan, and oh my god, boy, could he talk. First of all, he criticized my order because I tried to get a black tea. Like I said, I love that Earl Grey. I love um, English breakfast. He was like, it's six o'clock. Won't you have trouble sleeping? And I was like, I'm narcoleptic. I'll fall asleep anywhere at any time. I'm always in a hypnagogic state, however you say it, hypnagogic. Uh, So I ordered a lavender tea, but it calmed me a little too much because I was kind of sleeping with my eyes open at that moment because he was kind of boring. Like he went on for 30 minutes about this tea kettle he bought and how it cost him like an extra $30. He wanted to get the like really good one, like this like stainless steel one that has this really skinny, skinny spout and like the water comes out all like satisfactory you know like he just he loves how the water exits the spout and so he spent an extra $30 on this tea kettle Uh, and he also talked about how his ex-wife started taking art classes after their divorce and I'm just like oh my god like you fucked a whole woman up to the point where she had to take art classes after you like not during the relationship but once she was done and through she took art classes Like, you fucked a whole woman up to the point where she had to turn her pain into painting? I mean, like, he was really not selling himself in that moment. Because I don't want to know about your ex-wife's art class. Has nothing to do with me or my life. Has nothing to do with your life either, but you want to make it about your life because you're a divorcee. So, divorcee, kind of uh, a deal breaker at this point. Not quite yet, because I want to be open and fluid, and I don't want to build all these rules. But a deal breaker for me, for sure, uh, would be someone who smokes, like, a lot of cigarettes. Like, smoking is kind of a no-no. I kind of quit smoking cigarettes in 2018, but I'll take a puff, like, every now and again, especially if I've been drinking. I'll smoke, like, one to two cigarettes, and then I have an asthma attack, so the funnest part of a cigarette smoke stash is the asthma attack and the dramatic inhaler breathing but you know some people don't have that problem like I do and some people just want to smell like cigarettes and stand me up like that guy who manic pixie dream girled me had me waiting at the bar for like 20 minutes because he wanted to smoke a cigarette outside no he wanted to smoke two cigarettes outside had me waiting in there and I messaged him on tinder and I was like I'm here. I'm not going outside. It's snowing. I'm not exaggerating. It's snowing. It's cold as shit. Uh, And he took forever to come inside. I was so done. 
I was so done. I was also done with this one kid who was a little young for my taste. He is 29 or 30 years old. Yeah, and he's a cancer researcher. His career said scientist. I said, what's good? Bring that check on. Um, but that was a disappointment because on Saturday, we made plans to see each other on Tuesday. And on Tuesday, he bailed because he got sick. And I'm like, whatever. I opened up my Tuesday evening for this. So now I have to find something else to do. And that's fine, whatever. Like, I can reschedule. We could do Friday, whatever. So we reschedule for Friday. And on Friday, he just keeps pushing the time back. And I'm just kind of irritated because if I don't leave the house by, like, 5 or 6, I'm just kind of done for the day. Like, if 8 o'clock has rolled, like, we the time like ended up getting pushed back to like 8.30 after it got pushed to six and then seven and then 7.30 and then eight and then 8.30. And by then I had already smoked like two joints and listened to a whole entire Lana Del Rey album. Like you already know I was in hypnagogic state. You already know I was about to pass out, but I didn't want to be rude. I didn't want to cancel on him. Because he was like, I've had a long day, I need a drink. And I'm just like, okay, well, like, I mean, I can go for a drink. Like, we can go get a drink together. So I told him to meet up with me at this place called Sapphire Hotel a week in advance. I told him, I was like, this is where I want to meet. This is, like, a good spot because we both live pretty close to this restaurant. And if someone recommends a place, I will usually look it up, see what it's all about, read some reviews. I kind of, my mom raised me to be prepared in that kind of way. So shout out, Lisa. But uh, he clearly did not do that because I dedicated all the extra time um, spent from pushing the time back to really, really, really prettying myself and being gorgeous and smelling amazing. Like I was wearing a black turtleneck, black high-waisted pants, some gold boots. Like I was looking really cute. And Sapphire Hotel is kind of a classy energy. And he showed up six minutes late, which six minutes is like six years and dating years, kind of like dog years. That's a long time to keep someone waiting. So I was just standing outside, looking at the menu, checking my phone, like, what can I do? And he shows up wearing a fucking pom-pom beanie, some khakis, a flannel, and some tennis shoes. Like, he just came back from the dog park. And that's exactly why he was late, because he went to the dog park. And I'm like, what world do you live in if you think it's appropriate and slightly okay and socially acceptable to hit up the dog park before a date? Like, you need to be putting on cologne and, like, exercising your face in the mirror, like, doing some facial yoga. Like, I get that you've been a career student since you were born, you've been medical school since you were in the womb, I get it, but, like, there are some things I don't need to be explaining to you. And so he we he looks inside the Sapphire Hotel. He's like, I don't want to go in there. It looks really busy. And in my head, I'm like, bro, it's Friday night. Like, everywhere is busy. You're, it's not like this restaurant isn't any different than any other restaurant. I knew he just felt, like, insecure because everyone was dressed appropriately and he wasn't. And so he's like, well, I don't want to go here can we go somewhere else? And I was like, okay. He's like, where do you want to go? And I was like, I already recommended this spot. Like, I don't want to recommend another spot. 
so we think about it for a second and I'm just so tired so like over it so not feeling the vibe because I like to hug my date when we meet I mean that's just kind of an unwritten rule maybe it's written but usually I can tell how the chemistry is gonna be when we first hug it's like if they're not awkward about it and they just give me like a nice gentle welcoming hug and they smell good I'm like okay chemistry is right pheromones pheromones are going something like that but if you hug me awkwardly and you don't smell amazing I'm just like oh god like you're about to waste my time huh I'm usually right about that Mm. I'm drinking my tea to that so that happened um so he recommends this bar that I've never been to and it was cute had a cute vibe like a chic vibe and we get there and he acts like it's his home because he's been there before what in reality he's taken like other dates there before which is kind of a no-no to me um I think it's okay to really like a spot but I don't think you can take your date to the same spot like I, I, I believe in having like unique experiences with different people and there are enough places in Portland within a neighborhood to try you don't have to keep going to the same spot. Like, experimenting is an option. There are enough places to where you can experiment at. So, as soon as he said that, I was like, done. I'm like, strike three, right there. Um, He's like, I can get you a drink. I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, I'm pretty sure the bartender wants to see my ID. He makes it seem like, no, he's done this before. I said, okay. And I pick a spot next to the window. And he comes back and he's like, um, the bartender wants to see your ID. Like, I don't know why. Like, you look over 21. And I was like, the bartender didn't even see me. You're ordering two drinks. Like, you could be buying for an underage person. This is how things work. And he, like, that blew his mind. He was like, what? Uh Uh-uh. Like, why do they have check IDs? I'm like, this is too much of a responsibility for me to explain to you. Like, this is how the real world works. This is how society works. So we drink. I, our gin and grapefruits. He's drinking gin and tonic. I'm drinking gin and grapefruit. Like, we're talking. And he's genuinely making me laugh because it turns out he's an Aries. And he just has, like, a funny way of observing things. Like, he's not trying to be funny, but he's, like, legit being funny. Because, like, his um, viewpoints are so pure. Um, And I genuinely enjoyed that. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you're a cancer researcher. But can you find the cure to my boredom? Falling asleep. Always falling asleep. Um, I see my friend Mindy walking outside. And so, like, I push myself up out the chair. I run outside the door. No explanation. Just I just bolt. I see her and we catch up and I'm having a really good time for once and then she goes wait Mari like aren't you on a date like you shouldn't ditch this person and I completely forgot I was on a date so I was like oh shit and I run back actually I don't even say oh shit I was just like oh no Uh, I'm gonna take it easy (laughs) I need a break but then we eventually part ways And I go back in, and I'm like, 
sorry, I saw my friend, had to go, haven't seen her in a while, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, I'm getting tired. Like, after we were talking, oh, 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 my God. He was telling a story, and he, like, touched my thigh without my consent. He was, like, telling me this story about how this girl he was flirting with, uh, like, touched him. And instead of communicating, I mean, English is his second language. I think Spanish is his first language. But instead of communicating, like, oh, and then she touched my leg and made a flirty joke, he, like, grabs my thigh. And I'm just really uncomfortable because if you're going to touch me, I want it to be, like, a genuine thing where you've like received a signal and we're hitting it off and it's time to touch my thigh and you ask first or I give you the body language that it's okay to do that but that was not the situation and he just touched my thigh and I was like that's not cool I want to leave so I'm like yeah like I'm getting really tired like this gin oh but uh I had to get another round of the gin grapefruit because he wasted my time so I was like I need another gin grapefruit. So we get another round. I get, like, even more tired. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. Like, I need to go home. Um, And so we go home. And on the car ride home, he goes on this spiel about how it's, like, really hard for him to develop feelings for girls. Like, quickly, he's saying it takes a really long time. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, he's reading from a script in his brain, which is fine. Do what you got to do, but it's like, you can't read the energy. And I don't need to like tell you how I feel, but you should be like able to gauge my reaction at least. Like, even if you're not socially um, aware of everything in the world, I feel like he should have been able to pick up that I kind of wasn't feeling it but he was like reading from the script and he was like I think you're really hot I enjoyed hanging out with you but I'm gonna let you know right now I can do the wrong thing as a man because you know it's true what people say about men they are after one thing I'm like okay he was trying to frame himself as a good guy who doesn't want to fuck me over by like fucking me and then ghosting me or whatever I'm like I don't care if you get I don't care if you're here to chase a nut, like, we're all kind of here to chase a nut, and if you want to chase a nut, I mean, I respect your game, sir, like, that's fine, as long as you're cool about it, and not obvious, and not lame as shit about it, whatever, but he went on this spiel, and we were read, like, we were getting really close to my house, and I was tugging on the car door, I really had to leave that situation, so I was tugging on the car door, and he could he could start rushing his words because he could sense that I was trying to escape. And so he rushes his words, and he's like, okay, okay, like, I think you're really hot, really loved hanging out with you. Can you tell me, are we going to hang out again? And by that point, I opened the car door and started running. And I said, I don't know, I'll let you know. And then I ran into my house. And that was the end of that. For real talk, my days haven't been all that bad. Like, I went on a date with this 45-year-old who basically started Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, and we had really one fun night together. We went to this restaurant that was 30 feet up in the sky of this, like, really tall building. And 
there was such a beautiful panoramic view of the city and the mountains and we drank a little we shared some like appetizers I love a man who loves sushi we're like eating sushi and like crab cakes or salmon cakes salmon cakes I'm sorry and it was fun and it was a vibe he was a cancer and like after our night was over I texted him like a few days later and told him I had fun and we should keep in touch and he says something along the lines of um like I had fun too but this isn't really the the connection I'm looking for which is kind of code for like you didn't want to fuck me (laughs) and he wasn't he like suggested we go to a sex club and I really wasn't feeling it hormonally like I just wasn't horny like I just wasn't I don't know, like, sexually attracted to him in the moment. Like, I could see myself growing sexually attracted to him, but I just, like, wasn't, like, sexually attracted to him in the moment. So I just kind of wanted to take it easy, but I think he wanted to just, like, fuck that night and then see if, like, our sexual chemistry was good. And he didn't really have a chance to do that, so I feel like he's just, like, going to move on to the next girl and find the perfect side chick because he's a cancer. So it's a very cancerian response. Um, but I saw him at the grocery store, like, the next day, and if I were an awkward person, I feel like I would have made it awkward, like, oh, hey, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to see you, too, like, if I feared rejection or felt like I could have taken it personally, but I kind of didn't, I mean, I kind of did take it personally, but I also didn't, like, you do have to deal with rejection a lot when you're dating, so it's just something I had to deal with, and it was chill, I got over it, so I'm at the grocery store, like, we were chill, we were just catching up, it was, it was fun, nothing else to say about that, I would rather him exist as, um, a positive memory from, like, a one night one night evening, I guess. All right, guys, we are reaching that moment in the conversation where I have to warn you that I got to go soon because it's getting kind of late. And I really want to watch Russian Doll on Netflix and maybe do a face mask like a light blue color that charcoal one kind of scared me and my roommates and I watched Silence of the Lambs today so not in the best headspace easily spooked for sure spooky energy in the air um I was downstairs high as shit getting a bottle of water and my roommate Taylor shut the lights off and started walking towards me like a zombie with his hands out and it legit scared me and I don't scare very easily but it scared me because that actually happened to Jodie Foster's character in Silence of the Lambs Buffalo Bill did that to her I do have to say he is a gay icon like that one nipple ring was such a look and he was like dancing in the mirror oh my god like what a unique character And I'm not even the type to be into serial killers like that. But the boys in Silence of the Land are low-key fuckable. For sure. Like when Hannibal Lecter told that um, woman that he liked her suit. I was like, okay, he knows what a good suit looks like.
he's got good taste. I think Vinito Skinner did such an amazing job of parodying Hannibal. He does this, like, video where he uh, plays Hannibal as, like, a needy, thirsty friend. It's really funny. I recommend watching that on YouTube. Really funny. Really, really funny. I think he is the future. Benito. Uh, and I think Jabuki is the future, too. I love I love how on the rise he is. And Hari Neff is also the future. I love her. Love, love, love her. I loved her in that Netflix show, You. Because she played this character named Blythe who was, like, really cultured and really, like, out there and really, like, definitely had Aquarius energy. She was just very, like, I know my craft and I do it well and I've been here and my history is unique and I'm going to say what I have to say because I know I'm the best at what I do. Loved it. Um, I have this thought the other day that Aquarius shares a planet with Capricorn, uh, which is Saturn, but they are also attached to Uranus, and Uranus is all about, like, revolution and freedom and all that good stuff, like, a good Aquarius has. Um, and I think about how Aquarian energy and Aquarius people are so far out, but I also see them bound to something. Like, the leash is really long, and someone is walking their dog with that extended leash, and the dog is straying far from their owner, but nothing can get in the dog's way because it's tied to something. It could be tied to a pole or someone's hand, regardless of what it may be. The reason why Aquariuses are so alien and out there and um, experimental and mm, very humanitarian, I guess, it's because they're still tied to humanity. They're little aliens that are still tied to humanity. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're the aliens of humans, but they would not belong in an alien world. They don't really like... They're fixed signs. And I see fixed signs as, like, very stubborn um, creatures. I don't know that they like new ideas, I don't think an Aquarius would appreciate you challenging them too much. I feel like they're very strict about it. They, I have a feeling that they're welcome to you blowing their mind, but it's going to be hard for you to do it because it's like they blew their own mind first because they were ahead. They were ahead of it. It's amazing. I vibe with Aquarius as well. I may not understand them all the time. They can be uh, in their own world for sure, just far out, kind of cold. They're winter babies. Hard to tie down sometimes. They're just, they're birds. They're flying. But they're still tied to their human nature. They're still tied to their flesh, their blood, their body, their bones. They're tied to it. They may have alien thoughts, alien experiences, 
um, an alien view of human nature. I think they look at humans like they're ants. I don't care how tall an, an Aquarius is. They can be short as shit. And somehow I feel like they're towering over me. And it's just an energy, you know, you, you know, when you watch a movie about aliens and like the aliens are way bigger than the human, like that's how I feel about Aquarius is. It's not a physical height. It's like, uh, it's, it's another kind of, it's an energetic height. And I'm not saying like, it's cause I feel like they're superior to me. I just think like their energy is bigger. Their energy, their energy is just bigger than I can handle. Their energy is just foreign to me. Um, and I, I feel like I walk on eggshells around them. I feel like I could get corrected at any moment. I could, you know, they know so much. I feel like I could, I feel like they could exercise their way of being the bigger person. Like if I were to provoke them in any way or provoke someone else or just be a very Mars spirit of just going and going and going and straying so far away from everything that I know in the name of courage and bravery and um, just, God, what's that word? Like charging forward, the charging forward energy. I feel like Aquarius just soothes me because they're like, no, you need to stay here. You can go somewhere, uh, but on like different premises, like on the account of something else, not because you f don't, don't think with, don't think with your emotions, like think with your brain, like think with their logic, like that's kind of how they are. So I'm very careful around them for sure. Like I'm also very careful around Virgos. I feel like they have a very volatile energy and I, cause they can pick up on the littlest things. So I have to act in a kind of a small way but they do I feel like they do appreciate people that do need improvement I feel like they like very flawed human beings it's just it's true I feel like Virgos and I get along well and sometimes we don't get along well and it's kind of a difficult thing to navigate at times um, because my Chiron is in Virgo and that is the only Virgo placement I have everything else is like water and fire. I have a very little earth. I have a few Capricorn in my chart, maybe like two. The rest is Pisces, Scorpio, Aries, Sagittarius. Um, yeah, that's basically what my chart looks like for those who don't already know. I'm a very steamy individual. But yeah, Aquarius energy is just a long leash. And that's really all I have to say. I hope I hope that makes sense to you. Special thank you to everyone who tuned in, who listened to the entire episode who has shown so much support um, despite the hiatus that I've taken. I appreciate everyone being patient with me. I appreciate the support that I've received from my friends. Um, every screenshot you take of my podcast, um, 
episode and you put it on your Instagram story and you kind of get the word out there. That's really helpful to me. Um, Just thank you so much for being a part of this experience. Uh, Thank you for talking to me. I really appreciate it. And if you have any feedback, please let me know. Okay. Bye.